It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Trevor Bauer is too expensive for the Cincinnati Reds, or at least that's what John Heyman reports via Twitter just a little bit over a half an hour ago. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in the first segment of today's podcast. I also want to break down very briefly this trade that the Reds made a few days ago, acquiring an outfielder and trading away. A prospect. Now, you're not going to have heard of either one of these guys, but I want to talk to you about what that looks like. Also, coming up in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about the case for the ace of the bullpen in 2021. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That way, you don't miss any episode. I try to come to you each and every day breaking down what's going on with the Reds and make it uh, easy to digest in some way. I try to give it a positive spin as much as I can, try to have fun with it as much as I can. But you are listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. We are all about the Cincinnati Reds. There have been moves that have been made and had and all this other stuff. Michael Waka is going to the Tampa Bay Rays. You may remember him. He pitched for the Cardinals a couple of years ago. But that was a one-year, $3 million deal. Seemed like the kind of a deal the Reds could have made for um, back into the rotation help, which Michael Waka could fit into. On the other end of the spectrum as well, Anthony DiSclefani is moving on to the San Francisco Giants. He is now going to pitch in the Bay Area for $6 million a year. So that is what's been happening as far as transactions are concerned. I didn't really think the Reds were going to bring him back. I thought the only scenario that would work out for a reunion with Disco would be if he were to still be available at the 11th hour, right going into spring training, and then the Reds get him on some kind of like minimum deal or something like that. That didn't happen, though. He moves on to the San Francisco Giants. You might remember them. We're not going to get into all that. All right, so uh, real quick, I want to break down this trade. So the Reds traded one guy, and they got back one guy. The Reds trade infield prospect Jose Acosta, who he was not in Prasco last year, and he has not made it above the Arizona Rookie League. Let's first start with that. Because he's 20 years old right now. He had not made it above the Goodyear Arizona Rookie League team. So we're not talking about a guy that was really on the radar for most people. He wasn't on any organizational prospect list. If you scour the internet for Baseball America, you look at Fangrass, even Doug Gray didn't have him on his list. Although, Doug Gray did note he was the minor league hitter of the season. 
in 2019 for the Reds. As far as he was concerned, he had a fantastic season with a slash line of 395 with a 481 on base and 579 slugging in 234 plate appearances between the Dominican Summer League and the Arizona Rookie League. Look, he's not on any sort of prospect list, so it's not like the Reds are giving up a future all-star that everyone was looking to be in the big leagues very, very soon. On the other end of the spectrum, they traded him to the Texas Rangers for outfielder Scott Heineman. Scott played mostly center field in the past two seasons, and when you combine them, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to combine his stats because he played a total of 49 games in the last two years, and that's 24 games in a shortened 60-game season, 25 games in 2019 during a regular length season. He has a total of 127 at-bats in his professional career with a 189 batting average. We're not talking about a guy that's just absolutely going to set the world on fire and put the Reds over the edge. We're talking about a guy who probably slots in as the Reds' seventh best outfielder below uh, pretty much everybody. There's not a guy that I'm putting Scott Heineman over. Plus, he's 28 years old. We're also not talking about a guy that is comparable to Jose Acosta in age. So we're not looking at a big deal here for the Reds. Overall, it's kind of a weird trade. It's a trade that maybe we'll look back on at the end of 2021 and say, you know what, that was a really underrated move. Maybe Scott Heineman can slot in as a nice rotational bench player outfielder. He's got the ability to play center field, as I mentioned, but he's very light hitting. I mean, in his career, he's got three home runs. And 127 at-bats. Now, it's not as if he's had a lot of opportunities, but if he didn't get a lot of opportunities with the Rangers, I don't expect him to get a ton of opportunities with the Reds either. So it's it's a trade. It's a move that the Reds have made, but it's not really something that anybody's going to look at and say, well, the Reds are significantly better now because of this trade. That's what happened here recently. Now, real quick, I want to talk about this report. John Heyman tweeted that... The Reds feel that Trevor Bauer is too expensive for them. First of all, I'm not surprised, and I don't think that you are either. The thing that worries me a little bit is that it's very early on in the process. We've not heard him mark any other teams off his list. We've not heard him say, I'm definitely not going there. We've not heard any reports of, well, we're, this team is definitely not pursuing Trevor Bauer. The first report to come out like that is that the Reds can't afford him. The Reds will not be able to pay him. So that's kind of a bummer, especially from our standpoint. I think uh, you would agree, and I know, and we have read all of the stuff that said that Trevor Bauer loved his time here, and the fan base has just embraced him wholeheartedly. We're talking about a guy that in Cleveland was kind of a lightning rod for controversy. In Arizona, they couldn't wait to get rid of him. During that trade, you remember, Shinsu Chu actually came to the Reds in the trade that sent Trevor Bauer to the Cleveland Indians. They couldn't wait to get rid of him. And coming here to the Reds, we wanted to keep him. We wanted to hold on to him. The problem was he was super, super good in 2020, pricing the Reds out of his market. 
And while that makes total sense, it's definitely a bummer looking at it from the standpoint, especially seeing one of his most recent videos on his YouTube channel, Trevor Bauer breaks down the pitches he's received from different fan bases, all the different people on social media saying, hey, come play for us. Hey, come over to New York. Hey, come over to Los Angeles. Hey, come over to Houston. What You know, whatever. He actually begins that video by saying that he doesn't have the Reds on the top five list, not because they didn't make the top five, but because if he put them in the top five, they'd be so far and away number one based on the way that Reds country has received him, based on the way that Reds country has pitched to him to stay, that it wouldn't even really be that fun of a list to make because he says it's like the juggernaut of the fan bases so far as trying to keep him, trying to bring him back to Cincinnati. So it's really a bummer to see that there wasn't a more competitive offer made by the Reds that they're already being marked off the list here on Friday, December 18th. And the offseason continues to roll on. We're, we're going to talk about here in just a minute uh, with the departures in the bullpen. There's been a void left of the ace of the bullpen. Amir Garrett has been very vocal, and he believes that he's the next guy to step up. Danny Sims, Lucas Sims' wife, has also been very vocal. We'll, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But right now is the time to grab a built Bar, open it up, and take a bite. I'm talking about a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's a snack that won't leave you feeling like you just ate something that's going to set you back. Built Bar has all these amazing flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia. They've got great chocolate flavors, great fruit flavors, stuff that sounds like dessert. But when you eat it, you're actually going to be healthier because they've only got four grams of sugar, four grams of fat, and in some cases up to 17 grams of protein. That's right. We're talking about a really good snack for you. And if you want to check them out, if you haven't checked them out, I don't know what you're waiting for. I give them my high endorsement. I'm the guy that loves to talk about Frybox. I love to talk about Skyline. I love to talk about foods that are not good for you. But Built Bar is at the top echelon of my snack list because they taste amazing and they make me forget that I'm eating something healthy. So check them out at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code Locked On. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
We've talked quite a bit about the departures in the bullpen. We talked about the Rysel Iglesias trade, the Reds non-tendering Archie Bradley, and yeah, they saved some money by doing that, but at the same time, they've severely weakened their bullpen. However, there's still plenty of talent left in there. Two guys that I'm looking at, two guys that I think can step up to be the aces, or ace, or ace 1A, 1B, of the bullpen are Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims. Now, when I say ace of the bullpen, everybody thinks, well, who's going to be the closer? In my mind, I feel like the role of the closer should be, it's not, but it should be superfluous. I think that the statistic of the save is goofy. You're talking about the guy who finishes the game, the guy who is the pitcher who gets the last out of the game whenever the game is close. I think the save statistic is funny in that way. I think that teams should look at their bullpen as this is our top guy. If it's the seventh inning and our starter's out of the game or our starter should be coming out of the game here pretty soon because he's thrown a lot of pitches in this game, he's he's really taxed his arm quite a bit, but we've got runners on second and third and there's one out and we really need to get out of this inning, that's when I want them to turn to the ace of the bullpen, the guy who's going to get it done. And I'm looking at two guys on the Reds team. I'm looking at Lucas Sims, and I'm looking at Amir Garrett. Amir had this to say just a few days ago. David Bell knows I want to be the closer. To me, it's mine to lose. I'm just going to go in there and take it. I love it. Amir Garrett's personality is so magnetic. I mean, you listen to this guy talk and tell me that you you don't just love to root for him. You wouldn't run through a wall to root for Amir Garrett. This guy's amazing. I'm so glad he's a Cincinnati Red. He's one of my favorite Reds. And honestly, he is an argument to be part of the core of this team. I know not a lot of people have said Garrett's name is a part of the core, but he could be on this. And we're still talking about this on Twitter at Jeff Gar with three F's and at Locked On Reds, or hit me up on the Locked On Reds line of 513-549-0159. But when we look at the core, Amir Garrett definitely has an argument to be in this because as far as a personality, he is absolutely a leader in this clubhouse. But also when I think of him as the ace, as the guy that I want to see out of the bullpen in the highest leverage situations, I look at his last two years. Now, you're going to look at 2020 and say, boy, he had a really good 2020. But as far as sample sizes go, we've already heard 2020 is a nightmare so far as trying to evaluate players because it's such a small sample size. But even so, uh, even more so for relievers. Think about this. In the 2019 season, Amir Garrett pitched a total of 56 innings. Pretty nice season for Amir. And he had a really good year in 2020. I think we all look back on the shortened season. We say, boy, Amir killed it. He threw 18 and a third innings pitched. I mean, that's a small fraction of what he pitched in 2019. So when I'm looking at relievers, I'm choosing to evaluate them on a two-year basis. Plus, We all know, like I always say, relief pitching is a very fickle thing. So over the last two years, Amir has been fantastic. He has given up a total of 25 earned runs. He's given up a total of 11 home runs and in 74 and a third innings pitched, he has a total of 104 strikeouts. Dude is phenomenal and a 
top candidate for the Reds' ace of the bullpen. But we got some off-season drama here, and no, not the sense of, oh, hey, the Reds have gone out and signed somebody or they're looking to trade for somebody or something like that. No, we've got a little not-so-fast, my friend, when we're talking about Amir Garrett, when Amir Garrett is talking about going out and grabbing that ace of the bullpen designation because with the tweet, and and it's funny because Fox Sports Cincinnati shared the quote that Amir Garrett had, they tweeted that out. Replying to that tweet was Lucas Sims' wife, Danny Sims, who had this to say. Talk is cheap. We're talking about one dude who absolutely took a huge step forward in his career in 2020. Lucas Sims was automatic out of the Reds' bullpen in the year 2020. And even when you combine that with 2019... Not near as impressive as 2020, but he still pitched pretty well when you combine the last two seasons. Altogether, he pitched 68 and two-thirds innings pitched over the last two years, and he has an ERA of 3.8 to boot. And when you look at the counting stats in that, he's given up 29 earned runs during that time frame. He has a total of 91 strikeouts during that time span. And when you kind of compare, like most numbers look pretty similar, uh, obviously, except for like the innings and stuff like that. Although the innings aren't that far off. He actually pitched 25 and two thirds innings in 2020, but his ERA was vastly different from 2019 to 2020. The biggest reason for that, he figured out how to not give up a ton of fly balls. In fact, breaking it down, the way that he got his outs mostly, as far as batted balls concerned, was via the ground ball. In fact, in 2020, he had a 41% Ground ball rate, 41.8 to be exact, compared to just 24% in 2019. I think that's something that's going to continue, and that is a sign that Lucas Sims' success in 2020 is not just a flash in the pan, not just a result of a small sample size, but that Lucas Sims is a dude that the Reds can count on out of the bullpen for to be the ace. And maybe it's something where they're ace 1A, ace 1B, because you've got a righty and a lefty. We're not talking about the same type of pitchers here. I think that the Reds could benefit very well. Now, granted, you're looking at two guys who are very competitive, who want to get that designation as the ace of the bullpen, or as a lot of people like to call them the closers, But it'll be very interesting to see how this unfolds, especially as we get pitchers and catchers reporting here in the next couple of months. We get spring training going and how performance goes. Because during the offseason, obviously, we're going to have lots of talk. We're going to have some fun stuff kind of looking at these guys and seeing who can be the ace of the bullpen. But as it stands right now, those are my two top candidates for the Reds. Maybe you've got something different. If you're looking at a different guy, maybe you think TJ Antone can step up, be the ace of the bullpen. Maybe you think Michael Lorenzen. And the reason that I left Michael Lorenzen out of this discussion is I think he can factor very nicely as the number five starter. I would like to see him slot back into the rotation, especially with those last two starts he had in 2020. Those were very tantalizing. Those were very show me more, show me what else you got 
type performances, I think he can be more valuable to the Reds in the rotation moving forward. That's why I didn't include him. Maybe you think I'm wrong in that. Let me know on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159 or on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds for the show's Twitter account as well. But I'm looking at those two guys for the bullpen. Also, when we look back at that trade, Scott Heineman coming to the Reds, maybe there's some depth there. I'm not really sure what's going on. And uh, the Reds have been priced out of Trevor Bauer's market. At least that's what's being reported from John Heyman. So that's what we covered on today's podcast. Looking up next week. Next week, we got some good stuff coming up. Cam Miller's going to rejoin me later on next week to talk about the top five pitchers of the dead ball era. We're going to talk about that and more. Plenty of off-season coverage here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, tell your smart device to play the Locked On NBA podcast. Lots of season previews going on for you NBA fans looking at the upcoming NBA season that's just days away now. We're about four days away. But thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'll have more for you next week, so I will talk to you then. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 